Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. The DBN Network. Browns fans talking to Browns fans. What makes a man? Is it the power in his hands? Is it his quest for glory? Give it all you got to, to fight to the top. So we can know your story. Now you're a man. A man, man, man. Now you're a man. A mountain, 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 man, man, man. You are now a man. You're a man. Now you're a man. Yep. Hello. Hello. I never know how to start these things. Welcome to another episode of Manly by Nature here on the DBN Network. Manly. I am Manly and Loving It, a.k.a. Josue. And I would like to say thank you. As I always say, thank you. Start off the show thanking the listeners. Seems like that would pay dividends eventually, right? Thank you for listening. I want you every week to feel like, oh, I'm I'm with my old friend Manly. Now, if you're wondering where Manly, if you're like Manly and loving it, like you've never listened to this before, what a stupid name. Yeah, it is a stupid name. So, if you're not uh, familiar with the internet, I'm sure most of you are since you're listening to this via the internet, when you join websites and such, you have to create usernames. So, with the Debian network, the Debian, the Debian, the the Debian network. If you're not aware, somehow, the Debian network, um, the host of this show, we we frequent a Cleveland Browns website to get our Browns news discussion and analysis as the wonderful Browns fans that we are. And through that is how the DBN network started. And when you join websites, as you should know, you, you like I said, you create usernames. Originally, I originally lived in Birmingham, Alabama when I first joined the site. And I had a uh, username that had some, it had B, Birmingham or Beham in it. Um, but a few months after I joined, I ended up moving to California, and so I wanted to create a different username, and I realized, you know, it's probably, for most people, it might be fine, right? Like, you know, like, you know, there's several users that have locations in their name, and if it's very broad, you know, like, Russia Browns fan, that's probably gonna, you know, it's probably gonna, probably gonna stay accurate throughout your time there, but... Me, I move a lot. I'm hoping to move again before too long because I don't like it here in South Florida. So I was like, I should change it to something that is not location-based. 
so that it can uh, work for me wherever I may be laying my head at the time. And I like silly stuff, and so Manly and Loving It is the name that I came up with because it was funny to me. So yeah, if you don't like calling me Manly and Loving It, feel free to call me Josue, The Bearded Wonder, The Alabama Hammer, you know, The Razor's Edge. Create your own fun nickname. Oh, I am really excited because I am been watching lots of hockey lately. Yes, we're going to talk about the Browns this week. But first, let's talk a little hockey. Just a little. So I have an Amazon Fire Stick. If you have one and you are like me and you don't have television. I mean, I have a television, but I don't have like... What's the proper name for it these days? I mean, is it... I mean, they're growing like... When I was a kid, there wasn't cable, right? Or I guess there was, but I didn't have cable until I was like 10 or something. I don't know. I mean, there's always been satellite, but there's all these different services. So is it still colloquially known as cable TV? If you have just the television channels beyond what you can pick up with a digital antenna. Which back in my day was an analog antenna. So I have an Amazon, I have an Amazon Fire Stick. I don't have TV channels beyond... I don't have any TV channels. <laughs> and I have Amazon Prime. Um, so I haven't been able to watch sports because of that. But I was Googling how to add a browser to your Amazon Fire Stick. So I was like, this must be a thing that you can do, right? Because Fire Stick does not come with a built-in browser thing. There's no browser app that you can download for it. So I looked up a way that you can download this app called Downloader, and then you can, through it, you can go to a, uh, I don't know, uh, you'd have to watch the video, I can send you the link, I can't, I don't, I can't explain it, but I was able to download a browser, uh, Google Chrome, and while I'm watching the video on how to do this, one of the, the thing he uses is like an example is Mobdro or something like that. This app that you can get through like the Android store, which I'm an I'm an iPhone, I'm an Apple user, so I don't know I don't know nothing about no Android. But apparently, you can download it for the Fire Stick. So I uh, downloaded this app onto my Fire Stick, Mobdro TV or something like that, and through it you can download, or excuse me, through it you can watch streaming channels. And so I've been watching lots of hockey. I love hockey. If you don't watch hockey, you should. Hockey is the manliest sport there is. They are the toughest sons of bitches out there. Football players, you know, I'm not saying that like all like look. I'm sure there is a baseball player in the ma- in the major leagues that is tougher than the wussiest hawker player, hawker player, hockey player. I'm sure there is baseball players tougher than Patrick Kane, but. On average, hockey players are the toughest sums of bitches out there. Tougher than football players, all right? I mean, you know, there's always going to be the, the the Joe Thomases and Ronnie Lotts and guys, Brett Farbs, that are obviously super tough, blah, blah. But, man, hockey players, I've seen hockey players, you know how, like, if you've never, I mean, I've never played hockey, but if you've never, like, been around, like, a hockey puck Go, go pick up a hockey puck and, and toss it up in the air a couple times and catch it, squeeze it, slap yourself in the face with it. That thing is hard. And guys are slapping that with sticks 
first of all, you know, what is it called? You know, if you if you're not up on your meteorological terminology, they call the 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 dirty side of the hurricane, right? The dirt, or excuse me, the dirty side of the eye is what they'll say when you watch hurricane coverage. And what that means is, say the hurricane is producing winds of 115 miles per hour, but on the east side of the eye, because the storm is, say the storm is moving 10 miles an hour, on that side you're actually getting winds of 100, what did I, did I say 110 or 115 earlier? I don't know. Let's say it was 115, let's pretend I said that. If the storm is also moving 10 miles an hour, did I say 10 miles an hour or 15 earlier? I don't know. Let's go with me saying <laughs> storm. Storm has winds of 115. And the storm is actually moving at 10 miles an hour. So on the dirty side of the hurricane, or the dirty side of the eye, the winds are actually going to be felt as 125 miles per hour because you have the 115 mile per hour wind plus the 10 mile per hour actual movement of the storm. And on the other side of the eye, they're going to be 105 miles an hour because you got the 115 minus because it's going like in whatever. So with hockey, they're slapping the living out of these pucks with their long sticks as they're skating. Guy, I don't know. In some cases, I'm sure they're skating 20 miles an hour. They fly. I mean, especially if you go watch it in person, they fly up and down the ice. It's amazing to watch. And I've seen guys take pucks to the face to the face all right a puck is as hard as i don't know it's really hard think of a really hard object that's how hard a puck is <laughs> and they i've seen guys take a puck to the face go in the locker room get their their jaw stitched get their cheek stitched with stitches and then come back and play after taking a puck to the face It'd be like taking, be like, you know that game High Lie, High Lie? It's probably not quite as bad. I mean, I'm sure that would like kill you, but <laughs> to a degree, it's like taking, you know, where they have the, uh, the, the long, the curve, stupid looking things that they put the little hard ball in and they, this analogy isn't going to work because I, I don't know if people know what High Lie, High Lie is. Shit. Hmm. Well, think of somebody put a rock in a lacrosse net thing. What is that? What is that called? The stick. The stick with the end, the net on the end of it with the pouch. <laughs> uh, imagine if somebody took a lacrosse stick and put a rock in it and threw it at your face, like hard, and it hits you right in the face. And then you were just like, "I'm good. Let me go back out and take another puck to the face," because I'm a hockey player. Damn it. I mean, they, they, I've seen a hockey player, they've played with like broken legs, like, like basketball players these days, for the most part, especially like since Kobe, Kobe was the last of like the old guard of like the tough dudes in basketball, basketball players now, man, they're pansies. All you gotta do is watch fights. Go, go to YouTube and type in like NHL fights, NFL fights, MLB fights, and NBA fights. NBA players are so biggest. They're, they're the biggest of all the athletes. Maybe not, not as far as um, muscularness, muscularity, but as far as just height, they're the 
biggest humans in in, in uh, professional sports, but they are they are not very tough. And if you think, oh, you wouldn't say that to your face, you damn right I'll say that to their face. No, I'm not not saying I'm going to walk up to. I'm not a jerk. I'm not going to just walk up to somebody and be like, hey, all you guys are pussies. But I will tell I will tell LeBron James to his face that I think he is soft if he wants to know my opinion. All right. That is basketball. Soccer players are the biggest wimps. And then basketball players. The biggest. I mean, ugh. I can't stand flopping. You know, they fall down and they act like they broke their back. They sprain a pinky and they're out for the rest of the game. They're just, ugh. And yeah, maybe, maybe I'm... You know, maybe I'm got my head up, my patootie, but I think basketball should be a tough sport. When I grew up, back in my day, you know, you you went in the paint, you dealt with the consequences, son. Especially if old Sway was in the paint. I'm pretty sure I still have the uh, the state of Alabama high school record for technical fouls <laughs> in a season. Uh, I just I enjoyed being aggressive when I played basketball, and I, I just think, you know, I think if you're a professional, I, I think I'm not into cheating. I know some people, oh, if you aren't cheating, you aren't trying. I was never even the person that like if the ball went out of bounds, then if I knew it was out on my team, I wouldn't I wouldn't point like, oh, it should be our ball or whatever. Like I just I can't I can't do it. I can't I can't be disingenuous, people. I can't do it. I don't like cheating. I don't like acting like you got hurt when you didn't, flopping around like you got fouled. Oh, it's it just drives me insane. I, I have to. I can't literally just. I can't stand to watch it. But in hockey, real men now and women and um, you know in basketball. I think in the last few years, correct me if. I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure. Didn't they come up with like a flopping penalty or something that you could get fined for flopping or something? But like hockey, they was they've had for a long time. They've had an embellishment penalty that if you're caught embellishing, aka being a vagina, you get a penalty and you get to go sit in a penalty box with the guy that tripped you. And I think that's awesome. I think it's awesome to be publicly shamed for being. It's phony, and it's unmanly flopping unmanly embellishment unmanly in hockey they don't you know they 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 will beat your ass for being <laughs> that's the great thing about hockey. i you know i don't condone violence but it's hard not to love the aspect of hockey that like if you get out of line they're gonna punch you in the face or you're gonna get your teammate punched in the face which kind of sucks but i guess it's good incentive because your teammate's probably like dude if you keep if you keep cheap shotting people and then I have to go fight for you, I'm gonna beat your ass in the parking lot. And I think that's just the way things should be. A little, you know, a little, uh, a little draconian. I like that a little bit, just a little. I'm very progressive in a lot of ways, but I, I like a good old fashioned ass whooping when it's deserved. And if you, uh, if you like hockey or if you're interested in hockey, if you're in Ohio, the Columbus Blue Jackets are very good this year, so check that out. Me personally, I'm a San Jose Sharks fan. Growing up in Alabama, we don't have hockey, so I never really watched hockey, and then when I moved to California in 2013, I was like, oh cool, they have an NHL team in San Jose, I'd heard of the Sharks before, I remember the teal 
jerseys, sweaters, sweaters. And I wanted to go see a game, and from the first, from literally from the warm-ups, I was like hooked. It's just something about hockey, like being in the live setting and hearing the puck smack around the sticks and, you know, them skating across the... I mean, even in warm-ups, it's like there's something about, like, it's so graceful yet so brutal, you know, and I I love that um, contrast of, like, these guys moving around at very fast speeds on these skates on ice and they're able to skate backwards and forwards and do little twisty turns and all this stuff and they're passing a puck back and forth to each other using a stick to fling this little flat rock back and forth to each other as they're skating forward or backwards you know just the high, the hand-eye coordination the precision of their passing and shooting I mean it's insane how talented they are and at the same time there's some of the most moronic goons <laughs> that just, you know, are all half toothless and beat the out of each other. It's the greatest thing in the world, man. So, yeah, I mean, and if you, if you haven't been to a live hockey game, if you're like, oh, it's boring on TV, which people say, I don't mind watching it on TV, but it's totally, it's the biggest difference in enjoyment level, in my opinion, as far as from watching a sport on TV to watching it in person. It's just, oh, on TV, it's just like, you know, watching whatever, like watching a baseball game or a basketball game or whatever. But in person, it is up there with with uh, college football for the most exciting thing to watch live. Not that the Browns are, you know, and I'm not saying anything against the NFL, but personally, I've only been to a handful of NFL games. And a lot of times, if you go to like, at least back in the day, if you went to like a Falcons game, it was not exactly the most rowdy, rambunctious energetic crowd people just kind of sat around like they were watching billiards but you go to an you know an auburn alabama game or georgia auburn or whatever it is the atmosphere is insanity and san jose sharks was the closest thing i've been to as far as the uh, energy in the building being close to like a sec game it's not on the same level but it's close more or less Uh, and the fans are great so there's my hockey spiel support hockey go watch some hockey now talking about the Browns, oh, I can't believe people think it's easier to replace a GM than a head coach. I saw that this week. The you know if you had to get rid of one or the other, would you get rid of Sashi, Sashi, or Hugh? And oh yeah, we just get rid of the GM. It's, you know anybody can pick players. Are you out of your f-ing mind? Anybody can be a good GM? You know how hard it is to, to find somebody who's very good at evaluating players? Like, on a consistent basis? I mean, Jesus, there's like, you know, there's Bill Belichick and, I don't know, me. But, yeah, if you think it's just so easy to pick players that oh let's just get rid of the gm and and keep the head coach because that's going to keep the continuity more are you out of your mind coach it's so much easier to keep continuity when you when you're keeping the front office in place i mean when you bring if you have a head coach and then you bring in another gm unless you unless you let the head coach pick his own gm which is insane then you're going to have the same issues like if you where people are going to be butting heads over because they're going to have different philosophies that's why you have to have the gm first in my opinion because that's the way because you're 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 building a pyramid of of uh 
in an authority. And uh, I can't think of a better word. You're building a hierarchy. There we go. And the head coach, the special teams coordinator, he answers to whoever. He answers to the uh, the equipment manager. <laughs> and the defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, they answer to the head coach. The head coach answers to the GM, etc. On up, the GM answers to the president of the thing, team president or the owner or whatever, however it's set up. But if you if you start throwing out the GM and keeping the head coach, you're just inviting the same conflict with the next person. And it's much more important to keep the people who are, have the overall control of the overall philosophy of how you're building your team and maintaining your roster than having continuity with the person that's, you know, coaching the team. You can you can get good if you have good players. If you have good players, if your GM is picking good players, making good evaluations, making good trades, then you can pretty much have any coach who's competent and be successful to an extent. I mean, like I said, I think Mike McCarthy's not a very good head coach. I think Chuck Pagano's not a good head coach, but they, in their careers, have had a decent level of success because of their players. Now, if you have a crappy GM who's picking bad players and there's tons of conflict with the front office and you got the coach trying to go around the GM for this and the, and the owner doing this because they don't trust the GM's you know, expertise or whatever, then you're from the, from the get-go. You're not going to be successful. No matter how good your coach is, you could have Bill Belichick, Vince Lombardi, whoever, but if you are constantly overturning the GM every single year where you have new guys that want to bring in their guys and do their philosophy and blah, 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 you're going to have the opposite of good times. You're going to have bad times. Many bad times. It has nothing to do necessarily with my opinion of, of Sashi or Hugh as individuals at how, or how good they are at their job individually. But if I had to choose, there's no contest you would get rid of Hugh before Sashi. Not even a contest. If you have this, if you have good players, and, and it's not. Just, I'm not saying Sashi has brought in all good players. Though his track record so far has been half decent as far as bringing in half decent players but even just with the sense of when you brought in paul de podesta and sashi you bring you were bringing in people that were saying you know this is not a one-year thing we're, we're really gonna take a look at processes over time and how to see what things work which don't we're gonna we feel like we you know it's gonna take us a little time but we're gonna look at all the data see what what's working for us what isn't we're gonna build a winner over the next several years so just it's very disappointing that we are one in 24 or whatever it is but i think i think at the end of the day you have to say that our one in 24 record is more on hugh jackson than the front office um because of decisions that hugh jackson's made with clock management and taking quarterbacks in and out i'm not saying he's done a bad job but as i've said before you can't say he's done a good job I'm not saying you can even say Sashi and them have done a good job, but I think they've done an okay job. And I think out of choosing between a, a, head, a coaching staff and a front office, it's a it's a no-brainer that you, if you want any kind of continuity, any kind of uh, sustainable success, you have to stick with your personnel 
folks in the front office. I'm not saying that they're doing a horrible. If if every pick they've picked is is a, a dumpster fire, and that all they do is uh you know bad mouth the coaches and the press or something. When you bring in new players, when you overturn a roster, you can't. You're just not in line with reality of how human beings work and how team building works. If you think that you have to see the results within eight months or ten months or a year, it takes time for am I speaking slow enough? It takes time for new players to adjust and to this hasn't changed since the beginning of the NFL alright, since the beginning of sports you bring in new players, especially when you have a very young roster, which we do it takes them time, they they suck at first (laughs) It takes time for young players and people learning a new scheme, and especially when you have a lot of young players learning a lot of new things. It takes time for that to coalesce into a cohesive front. Cohe... I don't know. My dog has an ear infection and it's driving me crazy! can't get it to clear up. I can't stand seeing my animals in discomfort. Ah, but taking care of it, so hopefully it'll clear up soon. Yeah, I mean, getting back to football, look, football is the most difficult sport as far as team building. It has the most moving parts. You know, you've got 11 players on offense, 11 players on defense, special teams, all these things. All these players to evaluate and blah, blah, blah. And it it takes longer to turn things around than basketball where one superstar can completely change the course of your franchise. I mean, you look at teams that have turned it around quickly, you know, after like firing a coach or something. You've got the Sharks, San Jose Sharks, they fired their coach and then the the new coach Peter whatever his name is DeBoer he went they went to the Stanley Cup final in either his first year or his second year as the head coach I think the first year maybe but they already have you know they had two future surefire hall of famers on the team you know they had a very good goalie they had Brent Burns who's a you know he won the Norris trophy last year as the best defenseman in the NHL they they had really really good players you know or you look at like, um, you know, like the Golden State Warriors when they brought in Steve Kerr. I mean, they already had the core of their team in place. So yeah, I, I think you. It's not that I think you have to cut, you know, football coaches and and front offices the most slack. I think it's just you have to understand the reality of the situation more. It takes more time for them to see. For the fruit to, for the, for the seeds to bear fruit, it takes a little more time in football. That's just the reality. Doesn't mean you have to be satisfied with horse play and bad record. It just means if you want continuity and sustainable success, keeping the people in place that build your roster is more important than keeping in place the guy who coaches the team. Okay? 
Let's see. I'm trying to think of what else. If you haven't, if you can't tell, I don't really plan out what I'm going. I, I've, I have like topics that I f- want to talk about. Like I'll, I'll be like, oh, I want to talk about hockey a little bit. I want to talk about the Browns some. <laughs> I want to talk about Kaiser or whatever. But I don't really, I don't plan out the actual points I'm going to make or anything. So bear with me. Um, I thought Kaiser looked. I didn't. This was this Sunday. Hey, Segan, my kitty cat. Meow. This um, this Sunday was the first time all season that I got to watch any of the game live. I was I was able to watch the first half. Start well, starting with the Browns' second possession. I missed the first possession. I was able to watch the first half. Wasn't able to watch the second half. But as I said. You know, you got a 21-year-old rookie. It's going to take him a little time. And sure enough, he looked a little better. I mean, he he I mean, he looked significant. I'm not saying he looked significantly better than the player that you saw in the first two or three weeks of the season. That is not to say that oh, he's the savior of the franchise now. But you are seeing a young quarterback that, as he gets more playing time, the game is maybe slowing down a little bit for him. He's able, you know, he's had a little more time watch film on his mistakes learn you know learn a little bit more about nfl defenses blah 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 watch film on defenses and he is improving little bits although it is very disheartening that we lost jamie collins just in the sense of like our two as far as in nationally our two most well the two players that people would say are our two best players. You know, you could say who has been playing the best this year. It may not be Jamie Collins. He's been out a lot, decent amount. But I mean, as far as if you were going to say who are the, if if NF the NFL Network was doing a countdown of the top players on each team or whatever, Jamie Collins and Joe Thomas would definitely be, you know, at the top of the list as far as Browns players. So to lose both those guys for the whole season, it sucks. I mean, our defense did not look that great on Sunday, but that's that's to be it's to be expected. That's how it always happens when your offense finally looks like they're starting to click a little bit. Then the defense shits the bed. That's just that's just how it goes for the Browns, right? But I know lots of people have lost faith already, and it's easy to see why. But honestly, I haven't. You know, you look at the record. It sucks, but I think it's I think it's okay to look at things in the big picture and say, okay, no matter how good or bad we might have played on a on, in this quarter of this game or in this half or in this entire game, like at the end of the day, we're zero and nine, so we we suck, we're dog shit, and that's understandable. But I think when you're looking at trying to gauge if the team is improving or getting worse or whatever staying the same then i think you have to look at things on a on a game by game basis and look and see win or loss if you're seeing improvements in certain aspects and i think overall you are seeing overall you are seeing improvements in the offense, um, I think overall in the defense, you've you've seen improvements. I've seen well. I think for the for the entire season, you've seen guys play well. But you know, in this game, 
they did, I don't know how much losing Jamie Collins hurt. Like like I said, I know he's been out some for the season, but I don't know how much uh, losing your was he, he was playing the strong side, right? I don't know how much losing the strong side linebacker was is uh, hurting with with the run plays and stuff like that. A guy that's able to. Uh, you know, free up the other linebackers. Maybe the I forgot what the other guy's name. He may not be as as good at freeing up the other linebackers to make plays. You know, sometimes, like I said, with uh, Danny Shelton, sometimes for certain positions, it doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Things that you have to judge as far as if they're doing their job or not. Sometimes doing your job and doing it successfully isn't making a sack or a, ta- a tackle sometimes it's just freeing up another guy to be able to make a tackle or a sack and that's things you have to evaluate just like you have to evaluate that the team is showing improvements and or showing um declines in certain aspects and i think overall um sorry there was a little break there i think overall this season you've seen improvements in positions and aspects you know, in team units that will, will historically will lead to future success. We've seen improvements on the defensive line, and we've seen improvements in the secondary. Our offensive line's always been pretty decent, but we've seen, you know, I mean, there's there's reasons to be hopeful for Kaiser. It's not that he's the answer, but there's reasons to be hopeful. We've seen him. We expect to get some players back that will help, and, and yeah, we suck, but I, I personally see potential in certain positions and players that can be impactful in the future towards our wins and losses and that's always not always apparent as far as our current wins and losses but what's important for a young team is what the future is and what it looks like and what it holds i said last year i was just hoping for a normal bad year that was when we were talking about our expectations for the season i said i wanted to have a normal crappy team (laughs) you know a team that you saw some bright spots overall you lost more games than you won but you're like all right this team could develop into something over the next couple years last year was pretty rough um you saw that with a few players i mean you saw like whoa terrell Pryor could be a star but then of course you know enough said um but yeah i mean this season i think you can say that we've played like a normal crappy team it's just unfortunately every single week <laughs> we've we've played against a team that played a little bit better than us um, and I don't get into the, I, you know, I don't really believe in, in discussing, well, are this 0-9 team is worse than this 0-9 team from this year or that year. 0-9 is bad, no matter which way you slice it. I mean, it's really bad. But if you want to just be, let me talk, let me be condescending for a moment. If you want to just be a normal fan, an armchair quarterback, then yeah, you can say, well, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, all that matters is your record. You are what your record says you are. Um, but I think if you want to be uh, analytical, if you want to have a show on the DBN network where you discuss the Browns, you can't just look at everything so completely black and white. I think in general, regardless of if you have a show on the DBN network, such as Manly by Nature, which you can find on SoundCloud or the Dogs by Nature website. You know, I think regardless, you can't be, it's not very, um, I don't know, I just don't think it's very practical. I don't think it's very intelligent. 
to always have just a complete black and white view of everything. Um, yeah, so... <sighs> you know, on my uh, show last week, I was talking about tipping. And there was a comment on... On... <laughs> on the article on Dogs by Nature asking if I ever get tipped in coins which no I've never been tipped in coins thankfully I wouldn't I mean in the US I mean it's considered kind of a dick move to to tip somebody in coins if you hand somebody a dollar and twenty cents in like dimes and nickels that's kind of I don't know it's kind of being like condescending like here take this change you peasant but honestly, I, I do think we should get rid of the dollar and go, st- and st- st- you know, and only have a dollar piece, a dollar coin. Um, I think the reason we don't have it is just because people are used to the paper dollar and they would, they, they you know, Americans were not known, even though we progress a lot of fields and you know, we've been at the forefront of certain things. As a society, we're not the most progressive when it tom- comes to accepting change. And so I think the big reason they don't switch over to coins is because they think the public is too stupid. <laughs> and I think there's a truth to that. But, I mean, it's it's been proven, I guess you could say proven. It's been theorized. It's been a hypothesis that has been proven true through rigorous scientific valid validity it's it's true if we got rid of the dollar bill and went just to coins it would save like billions of dollars because you know it's coins last a lot longer than pieces of paper um and it's more convenient i mean i it's nice like I've had dollar coins sometimes. I don't know where I got them from. I went somewhere and I was like, I paid for something with like a 20 and they gave me like whatever it was. It was like $13 and change and they gave it to me all with those like Sacagawea gold dollar coins. And it's just something cool about like having dollar. Like I like, you know, it's, it makes you feel like you're in the old West. You know, when you'd, you'd walk into the saloon and you just like flip a, flip a coin onto the counter and give me a whiskey. Um, I think I, I think some comedian said that, but I didn't. Uh, I wasn't intentionally copying his idea. But yeah, I I, uh, I think we should go to. I think we should go to coins as much. I think we should get rid of the penny, and we should go to a dollar coin and get rid of the dollar bill. Like those two things st- to stop making the penny and to stop making the dollar bill. Not not to stop having dollar as a, a a dollar as a currency or whatever, but to stop having a dollar bill and to replace it with a dollar coin, and get rid of the penny. It would save so much money overall, and it's just pennies are irrit. I hate pennies. I hate pennies. I don't have like a phobia of pennies, but I just hate them. I hate anytime I have pennies. I'm just like ugh, stupid pennies and i like i'll throw them in the garbage <laughs> i'll just throw them out the window i just hate pennies pain i just don't like them they're useless it's such an antiquated thing and uh, the, yeah the dollar bill i mean jesus
is there anything more depressing than when you, you you think your wallet has a pretty good bit of money in it and then you realize it's like one five and then like 12 singles yeah i think the coin the coin's the way to go man the dollar coin it's so cool i gotta get some more of those i just need more money in general but i'd be fine with some of it coming in the form of of coins look believe me it pains me to agree with Easy Weave. But I do think you have to wait. You have to wait. I don't think, you know, you put an exact time frame on it, but you have to you have to wait before you can um know whether or not things are a player is going to pan out or not. You know, look at um you know, looking at the player, the quarterbacks I liked coming out of the last few years. I liked Derek Carr. He was my favorite that year. That certainly looked to be somebody we would have been very, um, been uh, very uh, astute to have drafted instead of Johnny Manziel. And, you know, you never know. You can't ever say necessarily that a player would have been the same player on this team versus that team because of a whole plethora of reasons. But, I mean, if somebody's a good player, they're probably, barring injury or, you know, a coach that just completely doesn't understand what, what they have in the player, you know, talent's going to rise to the top. You know, I liked Carr. I liked... I didn't like Jameis Winston necessarily. I mean, Grant, you know, he beat my Auburn Tigers to the national championship. That sucked. But I thought he was the most natural quarterback of that class. I thought he was... You know, I was where I had concerns about his off the field stuff to some degree, but I thought of all the quarterbacks in that draft, he was the obvious best quarterback. And I thought Mariota was pretty good. I thought I think you know, I did a write up at the time on the quarterbacks of that draft and I had J- oh, Jameis one, Mariota two, and I think I said Mariota my my best guess was that was that he'd be a a, a slightly better version of Ryan Tannehill. You know, which I think, I think so far that's not a bad assessment. I think he's a, I think he's a better version of Ryan Tannehill so far. Um, 2016, I wanted Golf, and I wanted Wentz after Golf, but I definitely wanted Golf more than Wentz. Which you could say, oh, Manly, you're so stupid. Wentz is like a Hall of Famer, as Easy Weave would stupidly say. And uh, you know, Golf was garbage his first year. Yeah, his first year exactly. Coming from an air raid system to you know a pro style system, and I don't mind taking air raid quarterbacks. You just have to you have to know what you're looking for, like old Manly does. And I knew that he would be good once he got a little time to adjust. And so far, that looks like that's going to be the case. He looks he looks good this year. So yeah, it takes time. Point A, it takes time. Point B, listen to me when it comes to evaluating players. Because I'm always right. Probably not always right. I can't blame you for thinking low of me. But I can evaluate football players. It's just a gift. Some people have it. Some don't. I have it. I'm about to go watch some hockey. And yeah, I mean, you just can't be... 
I don't think I, I know it seems like all the DBN network hosts are all they're you know looking at everything with rose tinted glasses. I mean, I'm not the most optimistic guy in the world, but I think if uh, if you were to say I'm going to record an hour-long thing of me talking about the Browns, I think you have to look at things from all angles. You have to assume that you're you have to assume that your assumptions are correct, and then you have to assume that they're incorrect, and then you have to compare. I don't know some scientific method bullshit. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you you have to. You, you I think you can't just you can't just take your first gut reaction as uh, as gospel. You have to to really think about why you think this and why you're jumping to this conclusion. And I think when you do, when you try to look at things objectively, what you see is that we're a bad team <clears throat> that has lost all the games they've played. But that they have played well in spots and that they're a team that seems to be getting better as the season goes along, even though they're bad. And to anybody that was like, how can you tell they're getting better? Because I watch the games. I'm an evaluator of the sport of football. You think coaches just say, oh, we lost, throw away the game film. No, they watch, and they see who was messing up their assignments and blah, blah. And that's what I do, damn it! Because I'm dedicated for you, the loyal listeners of the DBN Network. If you enjoy the DBN Network, I would appreciate it if you would go over to Facebook and search for the DBN Network. Follow us on Facebook. Click the little like button. Go over to Twitter search for at dbn network give us a follow you can uh, if you have any questions for me you can always email me at manly and loving it at gmail.com you can follow me on twitter or instagram at Josue artwork j-o-s-u-e artwork or if you have a question or comment leave it on the article on dogsbynature.com we certainly do appreciate a little bit of feedback so have a good week let's see what happens this sunday Not my best episode, but hey, I've got a lot on my plate right now. (laughs) Had a a long week. Hopefully I'll do better next week. Make some halftime adjustments. Get my head in the game. And next week you'll get the manly by nature you expect and deserve as a freeloading piece of shit. Now you're a Hello, I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. We're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? And why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find this anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out. 
Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.